This is the Ironside Podcast with Tom Dinkelman and Brett Kane. Good evening, Tom. What's going on, buddy? And also joining us is the most perfect man, Mr. Greg Nelson. And Greg, I know that that's a huge, uh, huge uh, compliment. Um, and, and I don't necessarily mean perfect as in flawless, although I think you're pretty close, but I mean perfect as in complete because you are a complete man. We talk a lot about family, faith, fatherhood, and, and you've got it all. So can you give just a, a, a little background on yourself? Sure, sure. So my name is, is Greg Nelson. I'm out of Stansbury, Utah. Uh, I grew up most of the time in Utah. Uh, graduated from high school in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, did served a, a Mormon mission in uh, Saint Petersburg, Russia, and in um, Tallinn, Estonia, right at the time of the fall of the Soviet Union. And so when I arrived there, it was still Leningrad. Um, came back, graduated from BYU, uh, went to Ohio, the Ohio State University, um, and have a degree, a master's in Slavic linguistics and, and literature. Uh, came back and and worked for the state of Utah for a while. Uh, for about 10 years. And now I work for, uh, I've worked for the last 11 years at Family Search, and uh, where I work on the, I do the strategy for content from Europe and Eastern Europe. And that's what I, I do now. And so I'm really happy with that. We've, I'm married to my wife, Catherine. Um, uh, we have 15 children. And uh, uh, there's, let's see, five of them are married. And uh, uh, so there's still several at home, and uh, it's it's wonderful being a father. I've yet to be a grandfather yet, still waiting for that. Um, so it's you know it's it's great, fantastic. Man, that is awesome. It, you know, everything. I mean, that's like uh, cherries lining up on a slot machine. I mean, <laughs> that that hits every note. And 15 children, man, yeah. congratulations. That's Thank beautiful. You. Uh, my, my dad's one of 12 and I always thought, yeah. man, that, that's a huge family, but, but 15 and, and in this day and age, that that's, that's huge. And uh, you know, Brett, when, when we started out, when, when Catherine and I were married, we told God that if you will, we will do whatever you need us to do as, as long as you support and sustain us, which, you know, I, I mean, that's a, that's a given. He's going to support and sustain us. So we told him, we, we, we'll do whatever you want us to do. And it, it was have a child, have another child, have another child. And so, you know, are, are you sure? Is this enough? And, and it's, you know, we've got, we've got 15, 13 are alive. Uh, two of them are stillborn, really late third trimester stillborns. Um, uh, one of them's a special needs. And he'll live with us for the rest of his life. He's a junior in high school this year, Dallin. Um, and I wouldn't trade any of them. One of the hardest trials we've ever had in our marriage is understanding when that stage of life was over. When that stage of life of having children, you know, we transitioned to the next stage um, uh, of, you know, not just raising children, but you know, my wife struggled when she, she realized that, you know, I, I, I'm not going to have any more children. And so how do I fulfill that maternal role still of not just providing, but, you know, having more children. And so she works at a school. She's the, she's a lunch lady right now. And she, she loves what she's doing. And, you know, who knows if we're done, uh, we'd like to, to find a way to adopt 
more children if possible. Um, uh, that's, it's just, it makes our family whole. Right now I'm just getting daughter-in-laws and a, and a son-in-law and uh, getting to know them better. So it's good. When you, uh, when you guys first got married, was the intention to have uh, quite a few kids or was it, oh. is this is something that happened and you're like, oh, we love this. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, you know, when I come, I'm the oldest of six and my wife is the next to youngest of six. And when we had, when we were first married, we, we thought about having four to six children and, uh, you know, <laughs> that, that quickly went by the wayside, um, after, you know, after having six, then seven, then eight. And, um, I didn't know when that was going to stop. I was, it, it's scary to have that many children and be responsible for that many children, you know, um, but that's what the Lord needed us to do. And I'll tell you, there were some hard times with those, with those kids. Um, uh, and there still will be hard times, you know, as they, as they get older, their problems, um, they're, they're not less, but they're, they're bigger in scope and they, they affect more people. You know, so trying to teach a 16 year old daughter how to drive is is bigger than, you know, making sure that she and her sister aren't hitting each other with Barbies. So it's it's a little bit different. We're, we're coming up on that with my oldest. She's 15 and a half. And yeah, to be honest with you, she's not really all that interested in getting her driver's license right now. So, yeah, know. some of my boys weren't either, but they had to get a job. They they got a job. And so they had to learn how to drive. And this one, she's kind of ambivalent about it. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, they say that more and more kids are getting that way now. Yeah. And part of it has to do with the fact that social media has everything right at their fingertips. So they don't need to go someplace to hang out or go to someplace, go, go somewhere to get things. And, right. and so I wonder if that has anything to do with it. But what, a, you know, we, we live in a world where people are constantly trying to avoid having kids. I mean, <laughs> it's to the point where we even, you, you, see, you see people abort children. Yeah. which is so, so sad. Uh, but what is your favorite part about having big family? You know, I, I, I'm glad you asked that. And I didn't realize this earlier in life. Now I come from, I, uh, my parents were great. I love my parents. I had a fantastic extended family. My wife's parents are great. She comes from great uh, extended family as well. And both of us have really fond memories of being together with our families in large groups, you know, for family gatherings and getting to know, you know, not just my grandparents, but my grandparents, brothers and sisters and their spouses and their kids and things. So what we do is we have a, we have dinner at our house every Sunday night. Uh, most of our married kids will come. Um, our other kids are here. I don't have any grandkids yet. So they bring their dogs. So I've got five dogs running around on Sunday night and it's absolute chaos. We've got neighbors coming at the same time. So sometimes on Sunday night, I'll have, you know, 25 people in my house, 30 people and uh, such good memories with that. You know, I'm willing to, to spend whatever it takes in order for those people to be over at our home, feel comfortable, to create memories. You know, I've got, I've got a son who's in the military. He's in Fort Campbell in, uh, in Kentucky, and he misses that. Uh, he and his wife are, are out there right now, and they miss coming to dinner on Sunday night and bringing their dog. Um, uh, so 
it, I have a son up in Logan who's going to Utah State. He, he'll, they'll come down about every three weeks or so um, uh, for dinner. And um, it's just, you know, it's not an easy drive from here to Logan and back. Uh, so I appreciate them coming down. And it's so, it feels like Thanksgiving, you know, every Sunday night. And it, it's a lot of fun. It's something I look forward to, even though it is chaotic. So <laughs> I, I would say, especially because it's chaotic, because, yeah. you know, like that, it, it's such a good opportunity um, to, you know, to, to bring some semblance of, of order and, and, and just to, to relish in that. Yeah. Um, there, there's a, a proverb and it's something to the effect of, you know, what, what does, you know, God being, uh, omniscient, you know, omnipotent, uh, what does he lack? And of course the answer is nothing, but, but the answer is kind of a trick question. It's, it's limitations. Yeah. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about Christ having come to earth as, you know, God and man. Right. Right. Um, but though I think our seeing our limitations is uh, empowering, and yeah. and so I think seeing that chaos is is really good. And oh, and I'll have to get your son to meet my brother in law. He he's in Logan right now, going oh, to Utah yeah. State. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and just to jump back real quick to the driver's license thing, I was really nervous about getting my driver's license, and and of course yeah, i got my license in like 2007 or something when i was 17 um my biggest concern is i didn't want to be responsible for a big machine that could potentially right. injure another person and i grew up in a small town where i could skateboard from one end of town to the other sure. and i was yeah. like no, I, don't, I can walk um so I, you know I, I wouldn't be in, in any hurry but it, yeah it's such a necessity but um vehicles are no joke you know um so i think that's i i i feel like the the sense of responsibility and and that comes with that is diminished so much, especially with these smart quote unquote smart cars. You know, that do everything for you. Uh, I mean, it's so easy to text and drive now or whatever. Um, but and you know what? You know what, Brett? To to combat that, too, <laughs> we well we've we've given our we haven't bought any new cars for our kids. Every car that we've had, kind of a a kid car. And it's, it's a piece of junk, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so like, it used to be like a, a, a brown Ford, Ford Taurus or, you know, a, 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 something just awful. And uh, it's, I, I don't feel as bad now because if they, they have a little accident or it scrapes or, you know, or whatever, a fender bender, it's, it's okay. I know that they're okay because the cars are pretty solid. Um, uh, and that they don't have the ability to do some of the things that they normally be able to do. Um, uh, and so it gives me a little bit of peace of mind too. And then when they go, then when they leave the house, they get nice cars uh, inevitably. So. Yeah, we just got for, uh, for when Olivia finally starts driving, we got a two wheel drive, single cab F-250 <laughs> yeah. transmission. Uh, that okay. used to be a forest ranger truck. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's a crap kicker car and, and that's, that's, that's what you want. If something gets hurt, if, if, if something happens to it, it's okay. You know, I, I'm not going to fret about it too much. I mean, it's 2000 bucks yeah. for the, for the car insurance is almost more than the car itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause it's true <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, very good. So back to that big family years, I, I, one of the things that I've always, the girls always ask me is, is who the favorite is. <laughs> and, and my answer is you're all my favorite in different ways. Yeah. Because I mean, there's some specific things about each one of them that I love that the other one doesn't, the other ones don't necessarily have. Right. But, uh, and then there's obviously tons of similarities. Yeah. How do you, how do you do that with that many kids? It's hard. It's hard. You know, what's harder to even, even harder to do is to find time to spend with them individually on a consistent basis. And so I have to look for times where we can spend, even if it's only for a few minutes where we're, we can spend by ourselves. And so if it's taking a friend home or if it's running to the store, you know, Hey, mom wants us to go pick up, you know, some, some hamburger. Uh, so, Hey, why don't you come with me? And, uh, you know, get off your computer or your phone and, and come with me for a minute. And that's, you know, and maybe that's 20 minutes that we get to spend with each other, but it's 20 minutes that we get to spend kind of focusing on each other. And I can ask them how things are going. I can ask them how their day was. We can talk about things, you know, it's, and it, it doesn't matter how old they are, you know, um, uh, we, it, it, whether they're seven or they're 25, you know, spending that time together helps them to understand how important they are. Um, I've, and I know I've told both of you before that, you know, I go to the gym almost every day with my son and he's, he's my oldest. He's, he'll be 26 here pretty soon. And, uh, I mean, it's, I, I go to the gym cause it makes me feel good, but I also go to the gym because of him, you know, I want to spend that time with him. And we don't sit and, and, you know, uh, he doesn't spot me a lot or anything. He's usually off doing his thing, but there's that time back and forth. There's that shared moment and that shared activity together um, uh, that, that we, we get to share, we get to do, you know, if my son has a, if my, one of my other boys has a jujitsu competition, you know, on a Saturday down in Salt Lake, out in Salt Lake city, I'll go to attend that. I don't have the least interest in watching, you know, a thousand people do jujitsu, but I love him. And so I go and I do that with him. So, well, and it's amazing how that can create an organic conversation that normally wouldn't yeah. come up. I coached Atlanta in softball for a little while. Yeah. And the, my favorite part about it wasn't necessarily the coaching the softball. It was our time riding together. And yeah. I found that after some time, you know, it, it was unsolicited information. All of a sudden she'd say, Hey dad, can I tell you? And then she'd just start talking to me about things, yeah. which if I were to ask those questions, they probably never would have, she'd probably be reluctant to even answer. Yeah. And, and that's true. I remember because my kids, all my boys all played soccer. And so to travel to some of these games, you know, before they entered high school to travel to some of these games was fantastic. And then, you know, I, I wouldn't, after that, they were, you know, they, with the high school team, they'd ride the bus and then I'd have to drive by myself you know, to some of their games. And so that have to be put off till summer and then the fall season. But, you know, it's, it's those things that we do together um, that make a big difference. I have my, my special needs son. He, he loves to go and participate in school activities. And so, you know, if it's a, if it's a play or if it's a football game or whatever, I'll go with him and pay for his entrance to get in if he needs to, and then he'll disappear until after the event. And I'll just kind of, you know, watch and do everything. And, 
and uh, and then he'll come back so he can walk home with me after he's done and that's how we spend time together is with dallin and i and well, so it's dallin is such an awesome kid too like yeah. the, the stuff i've seen you post about him and how brave and strong he is and you know the, some of the stuff he went through over the last year yeah what an awesome kid yeah and that, is, that just goes for you and Catherine though too yeah and you know what i think i've learned more from dallin than he ever has from me and he has his challenges you know um uh, there's there's things that he doesn't do well um and things like hygiene and things like you know he's not very patient sometimes um uh, but the 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 type of blessings and spirit he brings into our home far outweighs anything that could he could ever do i mean to to go through what he went through last year where they removed part of his his intestine because of blockage there and scar tissue then he had to wear an ostomy bag for for three months as a 16 year old you know thank goodness for him it was during the summer so um uh, but he did it and you know and it hurt you could tell because we had to change that that dressing every almost every other day or so um uh, but he just went through it and if you know when the scriptures say you know he is there's this person is without guile i think of dallin on that he's so friendly and so kind to everybody he just wants to be your friend and uh no no bad feelings about you uh so I, I think of him when I think of no guile. That's beautiful. You're such a good dad, man. And, <laughs> you know, the, one of my favorite experiences as a missionary. So I, I served in Peru and I remember this, this was like the last six months of my mission and we were outside and it was nighttime and this, we were talking to some people on the street uh, in, in Lima. And this guy asked me, you know, kind of condescendingly, he's, he, said you know what's what's the point of the bible what's what's the theme of it and i thought for a minute i'd never been asked that before and and i said that that jesus is the christ and and he was satisfied with that answer and and this year you know obviously worldwide churchwide we're studying the old testament and it we're still in genesis and yeah. this is my new favorite book of scripture. You know, last year studying the doctrine and comments, I'm like, why do we study anything else? And, and I've always loved the new Testament and the book of Mormon, but the old Testament yeah. is so good. And right now talking about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and their families. And it's, it's incredible. And like you said, at the beginning, you know, God will bless and prosper us. And I think it was in uh, Genesis 24, but the first verse, it says, and Abraham was blessed in all things and i was surprised that in the footnotes that there was not a, a reference to mosiah 241 but i also kind of appreciate that because then it you know, necessitates a little bit of uh work on our our part yeah. but that's where yeah. uh, king benjamin says you know i would that you would consider on the blessed and, and happy state of them that keep the commands for behold they are blessed in all sure. things both temporal and spiritual and I, I know you're a living testimony of that. I wanted to ask you, how did you and Catherine meet? What was courtship like? What was the you know, early marriage like? I was a, I was in my, I just finished my junior year at BYU. My parents had, we'd, we'd been in Delaware. My parents had moved back to, to the South Jordan kind of area, West Jordan, South Jordan. And uh, I, I, so I'd never really 
been right there where they were. And I went back to save some money for, uh, for, for school in the fall for my senior year. I went back to live with them. Um, I, I was getting a little worried at that point. Here I am, a, you know, was summer away from going to graduate school and leaving, leaving a place where there were so many, so many, so many people that shared the same values as I did. You know, no matter where I went to graduate school, there was, it wasn't going to be like Provo or Orem. Um, so uh, I was there and I, I attended a singles ward. I met some friends and I, I attended a singles ward there. And uh, one Sunday uh, in July, there was this just, just beautiful girl right there. And so we, as friends, we played Uno um, every Sunday night, just as a group of friends. And we would invite various people. And so we invited her and uh, she came that Sunday um, and I didn't really know her or anything, but I knew she'd been there. The next Sunday, we were going to play at a different friend's house. And I said, well, why don't I just, she's like, I don't know where it's at. And I said, well, let's, let me just pick you up. She wasn't from, from Salt Lake either. Her dad Catherine's dad had, uh, she grew up in Tucson. Her dad was the director of the Institute at the University of Arizona. And uh, she had, he had been a mission president in New Hampshire and had come back that summer being released as a mission president to, um, <laughs> in fact, Steve's mission president, by, by the way, um, uh, awesome. from our group. I remember you saying that, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so he had come back to work at the University of Utah as the Institute, one of the Institute teachers there. And she was, she had just finished her first year at Rick's. Um, uh, and then uh, she had gone to the singles ward too. She didn't know anybody else. And so I said, why don't I pick you up? And I, she said, great, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. And then I realized the house that we were going to was, she lived in a circle and it was just right at the end of the circle. So I didn't want to tell her that. And so we, we went to, I went to pick her up. I drove down the, just drove, pulled out of her circle and parked right there. And and she got a good laugh about that. And that kind of created a, a bond between us. And we watched Greece that night as a, you know, as part of our Uno game. And I don't know how that turned out, but I'd, I'd grown up with Greece. And uh, uh, so I knew all the songs. My mom had the records, you know, and, and I knew all the words. And she was, I, she told me she was mightily impressed that I knew all the words to Greece. And so we saw each other the next night on Monday just at a, at a ward activity. We saw each other on Tuesday night. Tuesday night, we played volleyball together just as a kind of an activity. Wednesday, she went out with another guy. Thursday, we got engaged. And Friday, we, we went out on our first date at the old Hanson Planetarium um, right there on State Street and, and by South Temple and First South. And she saw the guy she went out with on a date. Um, on Wednesday, she saw us, uh, she saw him at the Hanson Planetarium, and that was the f end of July. We were married um, in December, on twenty seventh of December, nineteen ninety five, and uh, just last year we celebrated our twenty sixth anniversary. That's awesome. I mean, we went for we we were engaged before our first date. We just knew. That's amazing. Was it the uh, I I need to know? Was it the Led Zeppelin laser light show that you guys went to? No, it was you two. You too. That was my second guess. Yeah, we my saw Zeppelin. Guess. We'd see. We saw Zeppelin later, um, but yeah. it was you too. Laser you too. Yeah. 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 So it was. That was fun. Yeah. Planetarium is just not the same. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> Man, I, I I love that that uh, time frame as well. My my wife and I we we met 
uh, in July of uh, 2004 or 2014 rather. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we got married December 19th. uh, Yeah. So it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. So man, that, that's so cool. And, and then, so what was a early marriage? Like, I mean, usually that that's when people have a hard time and, but it sounds like, I mean, it's, and not to say you haven't had challenges, but it, it sounds sure. like it's, it's been uh, nothing but blessings. It's, it's been a lot of blessings. It's been, I mean, it, it, there've been challenges, but we worked together to, to overcome those challenges. When we were first married, we lived about halfway, but she, she worked at in Sandy at the mall um, where she did makeup at the mall. And, and so we, we lived halfway between that. So she would go to Sandy and I would go to school down in Provo to finish my, my last semester at BYU. Um, uh, that summer, uh, we, we moved to Columbus, Ohio, and she was in the, she was pregnant. We were, Zachary was a honeymoon baby. Um, uh, and so she was, uh, she moved when she was, I think she was seven months pregnant when we moved. And it was an awful, miserable trip for her in August you know, across the country from Salt Lake to Columbus in the moving van, she had to put her feet up on the dash. And then in, in that there, Ohio state wouldn't cover us as far as, um, as medical insurance. And so I started, I started graduate school and she had to go back and live with her parents until Zach was born in October. Um, so I wasn't, I missed I missed the birth of my son, the, the, for our first child. And, uh, he, I was sitting on the tarmac on an airplane when he was born, trying to get to Salt Lake Her water broke in the morning. I got an airline ticket and then I flew and uh, we had a delay in Salt Lake and to, to get out of the airplane. And that's when he was born down American Fork. But I also missed the last son that was born to the, so I missed the first and the last child, um, uh, being born. Because he that the last one Hudson he just came too fast I couldn't get out of work and get down there in time so they took him so but it was it was it was good so that those first two years first three years of marriage was just trying to figure out who we were together we knew we kind of knew each other were separately but how were we what was our identity as a as a couple and what were the things that we were going to do as a couple that was different than what we would do individually. Um, and what were our, what were, what were the different roles we played in our marriage? And, uh, and I think it was, a, you know, it was a struggle every now and then to figure out how that worked. Um, uh, but it's because we both wanted, we both wanted the best for each other that worked out pretty well. And those roles have evolved over the years, but you know, it's, uh, it, it took, she's, she has sacrificed so much to be where she is. And I'm so grateful and acknowledge that sacrifice. Well, when you've got two different dynamics, no matter how you spin it, you were raised differently than your wife was raised. Oh, yeah. And, and as was I, I mean, my wife and I come from very different backgrounds. And so that's the hardest part, I think, is learning, like you said, how, who you are together and how you're going to raise your kids, because it won't be the exact same way that your parents raised you or her parents raised her. Right. And so, you know what, you know what, Tom, the, the real blessing that I walked into with this is, you know, at first, when I met her dad, I was so intimidated. It's like dating your mission president's daughter, which it really was. He's, he's the kindest, 
gentlest man, but I mean, the guy always wore a shirt and tie because he was always involved as a mission president, state president, you know, um, whatever. Um, uh, and that's, that's what he lived in. And uh, she grew up with that gospel training where we would talk about, you know, some, something from the temple and she already knew it. And she's like, oh yeah, I, I knew that earlier. And, and I was just like blown away by some of the things that so we'd have family home evening lessons together with her dad. And I was so fortunate to do that. It's not that my parents didn't teach me. It was just different. You know, um, uh, my parents were, were just, they, they just raised us, you know, in the, in the church, but it was just different. And just like Catherine was different. And, and so Brett, we had to, we had to move that together and make that work, you know, and it was, it was a, it was different than the way she was raised and I was raised but it's, it's been so good because all the kids want to come back. All the kids want to be there. Even after they, they leave our home, they want their spouses to be there. You know, they want to bring their pets with them too. Um, because I think we've created that environment where, where it's, it's so inclusive and lovable that, you know, that's what they're creating in their own homes too. And that sounds like a perfect example of, of synergy. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. She's so extroverted. Um, uh, she's so creative, you know, she's a fantastic cook and I, I can, I burn the toast. Um, uh, and she's, she's very kind and very willing to abide my silly attempts at different things. But then I provide stability in the marriage. I'm the one who, you know, with, when she's, when she provides the excitement and the fun, I'm the one who provides a lot of the structure and I'm uh, that's great. You know, and, and she's brought out a lot in me and I brought a lot, a lot out in her and it works really well for us. So. Man, what, what a powerful example. It, it really makes me think of uh, D. Todd Christopherson, Elder D. Todd Christopherson, who's, who's my favorite uh, apostle. And he, he talked about his dad and when they were growing up, he and his brothers, uh, his mom uh, had had a shoulder injury and she had surgery and she had to do a lot of ironing and you know, it was really painful for her physically. And yeah, then eventually, you know, her dad or, or his dad brought uh, his mom to a store and they, they, he paid cash for this machine that would save her the the pain of, of ironing and she's like where'd you get this money and and he had gone without lunch uh for for a year and and i think that sacrificing for our wives you know wh whatever it is uh, if it's uh, on a grand scale or, or just those little daily things is such a, a powerful testament i i love my wife so much and i i was so surprised and 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 i still am to this day i'm i'm is surprised at, at how much she loves me and, and how devoted she is to me because yeah, I dated a lot before and, and I was used to the people I was dating to have, you know, some degree of ambivalence or, or, or at least uh, independence. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and there was a lot of compartmentalization and, you know, my wife, and I met at the end of July, got married in December. We, we really didn't know all of our eccentricities uh, <laughs> sure. very well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just been awesome growing closer. And I'm so glad that you've created this environment for uh, your kids and, and their spouses. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we, we live really close to my in-laws. My, my father-in-law is 
uh, my bishop right now. And um, it's awesome. You know, we go over there on, on Sundays for dinner. So what were some of the highlights and, and maybe even like the, the low lights of raising your, your kids to have a good gospel foundation? You know, uh, we, I, I, early in our marriage, well, not early, I, I guess Zach was probably 10. And so we'd had probably, I think we had seven kids at the time. And I got called into the bishopric. And uh, so I had to sit on the stand every Sunday. And so here's Catherine with all these kids, you know, ages zero to 10. And, uh, you know, and there's only so much you can do from the stand. And I just remember how patient she was with these kids, but that we had to make some sort of um, ritual so that if they did certain things, they were rewarded. If they didn't do certain things, they didn't, they got, didn't get rewarded, you know, or they had to do certain tasks as not punishment, but to help them learn. And one of the things we did is I've always, I'm, I sing, I sing quite a bit. I sing with a, you know, a, a quartet with a barbershop quartet right now. So I've always loved to sing. Well, when I went up to the stand, man, those songbooks did not come out of the, the hymnals did not come out of those shelves. So we instituted a policy. My wife hates singing. She doesn't like to, you know, unless it's to the radio. Um, but we instituted a policy that said, hey, if you don't sing, then you get to sing at home, you know, um, uh, after church. And so we had a hymn book, you know, for the kids. And, and there were times when those kids didn't sing. And so they got to come home and I, I'd already noted the songs. And so they had to sing the song. We had a piano. And so I'd, I'd play while they had to sing. Um, uh, or if they didn't sit quietly with their arms folded and that, you know, the, the first, our first seven kids, we had the one girl, Lauren, and then the rest of them were boys. And so there's always poking, pinching, you know, punching in the pew. Uh, there and so they would have to come home and they would have to sit for 20 minutes with their arms folded if they weren't if Catherine judged that they weren't you know quiet enough in church and because she could because she sometimes she'd have to leave and and so it's it's these things that we started with the older kids that then they passed on to the to the younger kids and so even today you know even though I've, I don't have nearly as many in the pew today as we had you know back in the day um, uh, they will enforce some of those rules and it's not, it's, I don't have to tell them because it's already kind of a tradition, you know? So, so singing in church, you know, you don't play, you don't play with your phone in church. Um, uh, you have to sit quietly, you know, you go to young men's, young women's, you go, you, we have family home evening, you know, we always have the prayer on the food scripture reading. We still struggle with a little bit, um, uh, but you know, it's, it's a work in progress, but these are things that, you know, are, are, it's, it's what we do as a family. It's what Nelson's do. And so it's, it's not, it's, it's something that they've always grown up with. And I think having just that, that standard level for us of, of participation has really helped guide them in what they do. Now, 
my oldest son isn't a member of the church anymore. He's a return missionary from Fiji. And he chose, he chose to, um, to have his records removed. And I love Zach to death. You know, he and I go to the gym every day. And, but he, he's, a, he's such a good husband. He's a good father. He absolutely respects us when he comes over to our home and has prayer with us. He has good gospel conversations with, with Catherine and I. And it, it's those things that we did with him as he's growing up that has set that foundation or that bar for him so that even though he's made a choice later in life to move away from that, you know, he's still holding to those values. He's, he's not antagonistic towards the church. He doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't, he, he's not like an indulging in vices or anything. It's just a time of his life where it's different for him, you know? And so um, I, I wanted those kids are good kids. And I think it's because we set that foundation early so that no matter what choice they have, what choices they've made, they, they're still good people and they've still got that good grounding in the gospel. And that, you know, one day they may return and I hope they do. Um, uh, but, but, you know, those things are part of what we try to teach as a family and uphold those family values. And then it helps, you know, that he and his wife come over every Sunday, bring their dog, you know, and, uh, and so it's, it's still, even after he's left the home, he's still coming back and still enjoying the fruits of, of what he helped build earlier in life. And he reinforces that with his brothers and sisters too. So it's good. Well, I think that's an example that I hadn't thought of before as the hearts of the children being turned to the hearts of the fathers. I mean, which is, which is what you do for a living as well as, a yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, which is probably why it translates pretty well in your family, but I had never thought about it being even on the smaller, this, what we would, what we would view traditionally as just a, a smaller tradition, just something we do, but how it ingrains and constantly bring our children back to us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and when he and his wife, Jessica decide to have children one day, they're both going to be fantastic parents. I have no doubt, you know, that they're going to, they're going to provide a, a good atmosphere in the home and those kids, you know, those grandkids will have access to not only to Zach and Jessica, they'll have access to us, to, you know, their aunts and uncles on a consistent basis. Uh, so being raised in that environment, I think you, you create generational, you know, wealth almost not financially, but generational wealth in terms of building a stable home um, for what you're doing so those values are passed down from generation to generation you know i can see it being passed to my grandkids one day because of what we've done here and been consistent with it so i really like what you said that you know th this is a time in in zach's life where you know things are are different and that just i mean in this moment that's been a huge paradigm shift for me and i thought maybe this isn't a, a perfect example, but it's almost like we're like Rubik's cubes, right? And and yeah. at any point, uh, you know, we can have a different color pop up. And yeah. like for me, you know, I joined the church when I was twelve, and and mm -hmm. but I didn't really understand it till I was about you know fifteen or sixteen. And from like thirteen to fourteen, yeah, you know, I you know was a little bit rebellious and 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 things like that. Nothing nothing crazy, but 
you know, that, that was a time in my life where me now would look back and I'd be, you know, agonizing like, oh man, this kid's going off the rails. You know, what's going to happen is, you know, all these things, but it, it, that, that's such a myopic view as, as president Nelson likes to, to say, uh, and, and God has all things in his hands and, and the past, yes. present and future are continually before him. And I think that's so important to understand is that, you know, at no point are any of us in a state of, of stasis, you know, like everything right. Right. can, can change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's what I look at with, with all of my kids, with all of their spouses, you know, one of them, my son, Josh, who went to Taiwan on his mission, married a, a girl who's not a member of the church. And I love Jessica. Like I love my other kids, you know, she's not less because she's not a member this is this is her and we love her for who she is when she, when she comes over with josh on sunday night and they bring their dog too um it's it's wonderful to have her she goes she goes to the gym with my wife you know and that's a special relationship that that they enjoy together and so she's she's a beautiful wonderful person and whether she joins the church or not someday it's not going to affect how much i love her and I'm so glad, grateful that she's a member of our family. So do you have two daughters-in-law named Jessica then? I have three. Wow. <laughs> three daughter-in-laws named Jessica. And so That's Zach awesome. is married to Jessica. Brennan is married to Jessica, is who we call her Jesse. And then Josh is married to Jessica. Now my daughter is married to a Zachary. That's my oldest son's name. And then my- Is her uh, name Jessica? Huh? No. <laughs> daughter's name Jessica. <laughs> No, no, no. So, and then I've got a fourth daughter-in-law whose name is Justice. Uh, so I can't escape. I've told, I've got a boy who's on a mission now in Bakersfield, California, uh, Elias. And uh, I've told Elias, under no circumstance are you to marry a Jessica. And so it's, um, uh, so we're watching him pretty carefully. He's got another, you know, year and a half plus to go. So he's still got a little while. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. So can can you tell us a little bit about your work? I mean, it's it's yeah. an amazing work and, and you are, are such a good family man, but you're such a good family history man. I mean, you you uh, yeah. brought it to my attention that I'm eligible for Luxembourgish citizenship. So I'm so awesome? grateful for that. Yeah, man. I, I think you should I, get another passport, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually working on it. So, so thank you. Yeah. So so how did that come about? And, and how have you seen the work change, you know, over your sure. career? Sure. And so when I, after I graduated from Ohio State, I, I didn't know, I, I knew that I couldn't, we couldn't stay in Ohio. We were too far away from our family. I had a job, I had a job offer to, to remain there at Ohio State to work in the library and, and to possibly move into, you know, working as the Eastern European specialist in the library, which, you know, beyond my wildest dream, that would have been awesome. But I didn't feel like we didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. And because and it goes back to that decision that we'd made at the first of our marriage of Heavenly Father, if that's what you feel like we need to do to move and to turn down this job offer, then that's what we'll do. And so we did. And I came back and I started working at like Discover Card, you know, just doing a account manager and uh, until I could find something more stable. And I, then I started to 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 do take food stamp applications. I was eligible for food stamp applications for food stamps and, and Medicaid. And when I, when I first started with workforce services in Utah um, uh, and then it, it progressed where I got to a point where I started to, I had to figure something else out 
what, what was I going to do? All my applications with uh, various federal agencies had had not come through um, like we'd wanted them to. And you know, retrospectively, that was probably the best thing that could have happened for us because um, we wouldn't have had that same family, I believe. But uh, they, you know, workforce services was generous to me. I became a, a developer, you know, a web developer. I did Java. I did full stack development, and uh, I got to a point where I was head of their, their BI group. And I said, this is not what I want to do, you know, for the rest. I don't want to do this for another 15 years until I retire. So I started looking at new positions and the church had come out with the family search had come out with a new, with a position that had um, uh, some Slavic interest. You had to know how to, to code to script and then some Slavic, you had to have be able to read Cyrillic. Uh, languages and so I did I applied for it and then surprisingly got it and that was 11 years ago um, uh, I hadn't really done family history my my grandparents had done it my mother had done it um, uh, and so I I tried to learn how to do it and uh, I was certainly blessed to learn how to do this and I became more involved with it and now I'm at the point where most of the years Eastern European operations that we do, with family search, I have a hand in it at some point. So whether that's the, the content that we go out and we look for for records, so everything east of Germany, Austria, and Italy is, is what I specialize in. And you know, so, so that could be Polish, Russian, Croatian, you know, Serbian, um, uh, uh, it's, it's all that. And uh, I go and I meet with archives. I, we determine what content we want, to we want to capture, what content we don't have. It's, it's just been such a blessing in my life to meet all of these different people uh, through, through that. And uh, right now we're, we're in the middle, we just started Roots Tech today um, uh, for, uh, for family search. And it's you know, a huge genealogy conference. It's virtual, I don't like virtual, I like to meet people um, uh, and talk to them and, and find their stories and things. Um, but that's, that's the, the beauty about it. It's like a big puzzle where you just connect pieces and there's always something more to connect and there's always a story to tell. You just have to figure out what that story is. And when you think you know what the story is, there's more to it. You know, I remember Tom had the, had the outlaw when I worked with him in his story yeah. and Brett, you had Luxembourg when I worked with you and just, it, it gives you a better understanding of who you are and where you came from the struggles your family had to do. You know, I come from a lot of my ancestors come from this little tiny island off the coast of Denmark, between Denmark and Sweden called Bornholm. And, uh, you know, my wife's family comes from there, too. I don't think that's a coincidence that we found each other. Um, uh, and so knowing and understanding a little bit about that little island and how so many people came from that island and settled, you know, in communities in, in Utah and in Arizona and in Idaho is, is such a blessing in my life because they have done so many hard things so that I can be where I'm at today. And the work has changed so much from when my grandmother had to do, you know, these, these four generation worksheets. Um, uh, it's all, you know, a lot of it's online now. You can access things you never thought about. You know, we've got computer assisted indexing that, that takes a record and can scan it and pick out not just names. And so it's not doing just the kind of the OCR or the optical character recognition where it records everything, but it, it finds 
the, the entities. And so here's a first name, here's a last name, here's their connection, you know, mother or father, or, uh, you know, here's where they're from. And you think about that. We had people who used to, you know, get those films and write down the names. They had the, those are called extraction projects. That's how we used to populate temples. So when you go to the temple, you know, you'd, you'd have a name that you'd get. Um, it used to be those extraction projects where people would extract the names from the records and give them to us so we could do the temple. You know, now they, it's, it's entirely made up of people who have submitted names and we've made it so, it's so much easier to, to, to find a name and take it to the temple now. And it's, it's, it's such a blessing and people, people get intimidated because they don't know what to do. And I teach a class on Sunday, um, every other Sunday in my ward about family history. And, and the first thing I, I give them a task list. The first thing I tell them to do is pray for what the Lord wants you to do in family history. Maybe that's submitting names to the temples. Maybe it's recording memories. Maybe it's, you know, uh, finding a, a, a probate case file somewhere in, you know, Franklin County, Ohio, uh, so that you can make a connection. But the Lord doesn't require us to do all those things, you know, each one of us to do all those things. He has special parts for each one of us that are going to lift us. And, and I, I, I think that if we, the farther we get into family history and the, the more connections we make, not just with our extended family, you know, that have maybe passed on, but we do it with our with our immediate family as well. Well, there's so many cool things that are available now. I mean, you can even turn on the app and tell yeah. how you're related to the person next to you. I mean, <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. It so is. I'm curious. So you said 11 years. How yeah. Long it? yeah. So how has your testimony and understanding of the gospel changed because of of the work that you do? You know, my my understanding of the temple has changed dramatically uh, from the time I first got into family history. At one time in my life, I was the person who would take the names from my mother and my grandmother to the temple. And so that was, that was my job. They would do the research and I would go and I would be the one who took the names and stuff. And, and President Hunter um, uh, talked about both sides of the blessing. And so in order to gain the blessings the Lord needs for you, he said, you need to not just take the names, but you need to do some of the research that's involved with it and whatever form that research takes. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a way to seek out and to have skin invested in the game. And so that, that led me to finding and seeking and putting things into place. I learned about order. I learned about how things should be done, you know, in sequence, or I would, I would learn how, you know, I, I gained a better understanding of what my ancestors had to go through to get in there. But I, I tell you what, so many members of the church are only concerned about their direct line ancestors. There's a, there's a little button on the profiles in family search that says, view my relationship. And you'd be surprised that how many people you're related to. And so when you submit a name for the temple, it doesn't have to be a direct line ancestor. It doesn't have to be your great, great grandfather. It can be, you know, a, a, an eighth cousin four times removed. That's why the church put that, the view my relationship in there, that little app so that 
if you're related, you know, up to, I think it's 12, 12th cousin, you can submit that temple work for them. And so it expands your opportunity, not just to do research, but it expands your opportunity to, to help these people gain the ordinances of salvation. Um, uh, and I think it's, it's really, I, I, I feel like I had blinders on before because I was so focused on the rule. And now, you know, with, with, with the expanded vision, I can do so much more. And there's so many different things that I can do now. Um, I, if I hit a brick wall, then I can go somewhere else and do this or do that. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing the amount of work we can do in just a short amount of time um, with, with our ancestors. And so when you think of your ancestors, don't think, don't think just, you know, um, a horizontal, just up and down, think laterally too. I, I hit that button all the time. I search up famous people to see how I'm related. And you know, you know, what's interesting is that the 1950 U.S. Census is going to be published here in the next month. And uh, uh, what what you want to do is what what I would do as an activity would go to a place where you knew your ancestors are from. So let's say Ohio. I swear, everybody in the United States who who at some point or another has an ancestor from Ohio. And so what I would do is I'd go into these areas where in Ohio, you know, and, and look at the names in this specific county. And, and so Union County, Ohio, you know, where, where I would go into Union and I'd look for names, you know, just I put in the, in the search Union County and bring up all these names that were coming in. And then I'd go hit, go into the profile and then I go hit view my relationship. I'm not related, okay, view my relationship, view my relationship. Awesome. And I found so many people that I never ever would have found before. But these people are still my family, and they still need those ordinances of salvation. And then so it's, it's it, you know, I, I'm sure there are going to be people who go, oh, you can't do that. You know, that's, that's not in the spirit of it. Well, I mean, that's the whole point of what I do is get names into the tree, into that family tree, so that people can do the work and submit the names. I could do, I could do, put those names into the tree and then submit them myself. I mean, the church could do that. Family search could do all that and just submit name after name, after name, after name, but they, they don't want to do that. That's not, that's not what it is, right? It's, it's to allow you to do that search and allow you to make those connections. We're just here there to facilitate it. Yeah. The work is just as important as the, uh, oh, yeah. the end. Uh -huh. as the end result. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's how you grow. You know, Greg, I, I'm, I'm astounded. You know, one thing I always said growing up, you know, I've won tons of kids and it's like, I, I wouldn't be willing to never sit down again if, if it meant being able to, to take in more children and, and, and help and, and serve them and, and my bride. And you are such a good example. And I'm so grateful because I know how precious your time is and you've been so, so generous I so we've been going for for about an hour and I, I know you got so much stuff to do but we, we'll definitely have you back on again sure. um so where can people find you on social media so i'm i'm on instagram and uh under under greg d nelson and then i'm on i'm on twitter too and i'll often like like your stuff on twitter or or some of the other um uh, kind of that that mormon population 
um, uh, uh, stuff and, and I'll post every once in a while. I've posted more since since this problem in Ukraine where I've got you know 11 cameras in Ukraine and I've got my field manager and my camera operators and my church service missionaries there. Um, uh, so I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, uh, I don't get on Facebook very much. Um, my wife does a lot more Facebook than I do, but um, reach out, happy to, to answer questions, interact, love to, to talk. So. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Greg. This is, has been an honor and, and a privilege and we love you so much. And, and you, uh, you're a superman and i'm so so grateful to know you i know tom is too yeah so yeah well I, I appreciate being on here love you guys too so grateful that we we could we've had the chance to interact over the past year year and a half and and it's been a blessing in my life too yeah mine well, too the, the it, feeling it is all came when i needed it for sure <laughs> and yeah. and we're still gonna need it and so we'll yeah. definitely get you back on so sure. Until next time, this has been Tom and Brett and Greg out.